Welcome to the Cookbook Circle Podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends with a shared love of food, cooking, and all things cookbooks. We are now in the third season of this podcast. And this one is all about, well, not really anything in particular. We are themeless. So you can expect deep dives on certain dishes, reviews of cookbooks, of course, but there'll be new cookbooks, old cookbooks, all sorts of cookbooks. And of course, we'll be asking you, our lovely listeners, for some input on episodes that we're going to do. It's going to be so It's going to be so fun. Fun. And if you love what we do, we're also on Patreon. This means if you'd like to support us, your subscription will help to cover the podcast costs from the books themselves to the ingredients for what we cook. And in return, you'll get some fun stuff like bonus mini-sodes. To find out more, visit our website, thecookbookcircle.com, or you can find the link in our show notes. Thanks, friends. Now, let's get to the fun part. Hello, Victoria. Oh, hi, Hannah. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? Good. You didn't talk about the weather. <laughs> I didn't. I, I thought I was going to let you say how you are and then uh, say that we've had we've had a week of summer. It's been so nice. Here in uh, England. Uh, it's been too hot for me, but I'm glad you found it nice. <laughs> too hot to handle? Uh, it's been too... Oh, do you remember that? Is that still on? Yeah. My sister watches it. I'm too old. I'm too old for that stuff now. I can't get behind it. I'm like, oh, put some clothes on. <laughs> I'm not. But I'm just jealous that I'm not young and sexy, like, you know, those, Mate. you know, very beautiful people. Mm, anyway, I don't know about um, that. But yes, it's been very, very hot and way too humid. Yes. And I feel like next summer we need to do an episode on what to cook when your kitchen is too hot. Because yes. that is my life like it just there's no way of keeping it cool at all um no or you know what I was thinking actually I if I ever get to do a cookbook or if we ever get to do a cookbook I, I purely want and maybe this exists is like entertaining cookbook like cooking for others but what you can like completely pre-prepare so that you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you can like sit with them yeah. and have a nice chat put that on the list maybe let's edit this out that bit out so no one takes that from you <laughs> <laughs> I mean at the rate I'm going in my list of things to do in life I don't think it's at risk of happening anytime soon but the irony of like of so I had friends around yesterday and cooked mm. some of the stuff from this book so we'll get back to that but I yeah I was only pre-preparing everything on Saturday night so that I didn't have to like sweat in the kitchen on Sunday and was all about like wanting to spend time with them and sit in the garden and then my feral little dog was so (laughs) naughty and like broke into the garden next door so we spent the first like 45 minutes of this lovely like lunch outside trying to get this dog back and then my friend's husband had to like hack in and rescue him because he got caught in some thorns and then he did it again at the end of dinner so the irony of the one time I've been most prepared for like a lunch in my life and then you get distracted by a very little at least you creature. were prepared yeah that's true it would be worse if I wasn't like, and then yeah <laughs> and then everyone's like you're trying to rescue the dog and then also everyone's starving yeah. and you've got to do you know got to wait two hours for lunch yeah exactly <laughs> um anyway <laughs> what you've been reading about well 
apart from how to rescue, how to train your dog. Oh my God, <laughs> clearly not reading enough of that. <laughs> no, he needs a lot of training. Um, I this this newsletter which i think we've talked about before in our favorite newsletters that's called stained page news and it's all about cookbooks yes and actually this she's brilliant she's great this um email was from the start of august so it's a little bit behind but the uh subject line is why do so many cookbooks have similar recipe lists and it was guest written by someone called laura sherb Um, And it was just really interesting because she was basically saying that, like, she's noticed in so many books that there's, like, just really similar dishes. So she has unnamed book one, spaghetti with clams, skirt steak with potatoes and charred broccolini. And then unnamed book two was linguine with clams, skirt steak with chimichurri and blistered broccolini. And unnamed book three is linguine with shellfish, shellfish or clams, skirt steak with chilies, and you guessed it, more broccolini. And it's just, (laughs) she just like started to notice this everything, everywhere. Um, And she said the food is always like kind of European influenced, but Americanized food. And it's just basically Mm. just quite boring was what she was saying. Um. And like the, it's it's just the same kind of classic dishes that are getting tweaked again and again and again instead of exploring something new. But basically the point of what she was saying was that we should be kind of looking to more niche bush books, niche bushes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what dog was doing. Yesterday. I was looking in some niche bushes yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and the scratches on my legs will support that story. Oh. Um, niche books um, from people like Priya Krishna and Eric Kim. And it's like all kind of, you know, cultural heritages that haven't really been explored very much in cookbooks. And that we as kind of cookbook buyers should be buying these kind of books and supporting them because they're completely fresh and new and they're doing something different. I just thought it was a really interesting piece. Yeah, it. it- you sent it to me and it is fascinating. Like I, and I not really thought about it like that before or thought about it at all, yeah. but it's so true. And I'm, it, I'm sure that it boils down to marketing and, you know, who gets the budgets. And we, we know that all of that is entirely skewed towards, you know, the, like, you know, thin white women and, you know, shouty white chefs yeah men chefs men chefs men chefs <laughs> um but that shouldn't be the case yeah it's just because there's so much to be gained from learning about different things yeah and it's it's just right it is boring like i i Mm. I do so many of them are quite like big names as well but when you think about them they're just quite general there isn't really a niche yeah. again niche bush um <laughs> and yeah I maybe just, that could be your vegetarian cookbook name I mean it just sounded <laughs> a bit on the all your porn yeah exactly <laughs> I don't think niche bush is how I'm gonna. Maybe it's our band name of the week. Yeah, it might be an early contender. Um, uh, anyway, niche bush and the broccolini. Niche bush and the blistered broccolini. Oh. 
I just thought it was a really great point. And I wondered if, you know, how many of the books that we've reviewed, if you just looked at the kind of menu or the recipe list, there would be similarities, I think, especially in the kind of zeitgeisty kind of... 20 you know cool women in their 20s and 30s I think there can be a lot of similarities um yeah absolutely but yeah Uh, and I think when we first looked at this right my response was what I'd really like is more kind of although I don't I'm going to say this but what I also don't expect is for people to you know explain their culture and cultural foods to me but i i do like and i would like more cookbooks that are like korean food 101 or you know but but aren't like basic and like that get into the history and understanding and Mm. of the food but don't uh but just almost explain it from the bottom up yeah uh like you know like with korean food or with japanese food like what are the building blocks of of yeah, the various dishes that that come. The same with like I don't know, like Mexican food. I'm sure is the same. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's a few different like like chilies and obviously like um, corn flours and things like that, and that you need to like know and understand about to then like build an understanding of Mexican food. And like this, sh- I'd I'd like to read more of those books. Yeah, the problem is that the people that know the most about it don't have the profile to like you know sell loads of cookbooks right so it's like it is cyclical I guess that's why she's saying like it's important that we do buy those books because otherwise the kind of generalist ones just keep succeeding and and like you know kind of powering through like more and more blah cookbooks with not much to say yeah exactly I have Eric Kim's Korean American book and it's great is it it's so it's really good yeah um he writes for the New York Times uh, and he d- he's the one that came up with that gochujang cookies recipe that mm. went kind of viral at Christmas. Yes. Um, and he, yeah, he's great. He's re- he's really interesting. He's great to follow on um, social media as well. Like talks a lot of about food and about Korean food. And uh, yeah, uh, he's great. Uh, and I think we are going to continue this conversation, aren't we? Possibly over on our Patreon uh, mini-sodes about our favorite niche cookbooks or just niche cookbooks that we have yes i think that's a great shout and i don't know oh i've got my irish one i can talk about that my friend look yeah our, our friend laura <laughs> got um, got me the yeah i think it's just called the irish cookbook or something and it's by that michelin star chef jp mcmahon and it's all about like loads of interesting like niche ingredients and stuff so yeah that would be a really good one join us on yeah. patreon where we will be join reactivating our lives after summer <laughs> <laughs> we'll be pouring water on our niche bushes <laughs> coming back to life flowering sorry. oh, oh, oh. We'll stop i'm sorry anyway <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> niche buts <laughs> are not the only thing we're talking about today also this is our this is our first post-summer episode which means that we are back on our normal schedule of every two weeks posting schedule hopefully. schedule <laughs> schedule will be scheduling. schedule um yes back to every two weeks We've got to hold ourselves to account on that one. I've forgotten how to <laughs> podcast. So I've just completely yeah. forgotten everything. Um, but it's exciting. 
Um, <laughs> and speaking of exciting. Also over on our Patreon, we will, uh, if you uh, want, we will do a whole episode in our Valley Girl Act. <laughs> Nobody wants. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Wants nope. Um. So today, today, what are we talking about? Today, Me. on the cookbook circle, Me. we are talking about a lovely book. Spoiler alert! I think it's lovely. Um, <clears throat> it's Table for Two by Brie Graham. Ah, Brie. <laughs> Brie. What great name, Brie, by the way. Does it not ever make um, you think of that bit in 10 Things I Hate About You before they, like, cr- crash that house, Bogey Lowenstein's house, to, to have the house party? And he, he's, like, having his mates around and they're having a really lame gathering. And then someone knocks at the door and he goes, that'll be Nigel with the Brie. <laughs> and he goes and opens the door. <laughs> and then all these, like, frat boys and, like, keg, like, guzzling teens like break their way into the house and they have like a massive party oh. just me okay um does the brie ever arrive i don't think i, I feel like i haven't seen them. 10 things i hate about you. i've seen it okay. i just haven't seen it enough as many times as seemingly you have <laughs> <laughs> well get on board baby okay <laughs> um yeah brie's a great name sorry and this is 10 things i hate about you is taming of the shrew right yes that's the, okay fine that's what it's based on an excellent film i'm not that's not just a, that's not just a comment on <laughs> anyway moving on um anyway what bring one comes back cover for this book excuse me i said what a beauts cover a beaut i thought i think you said what a boot the cover and i was like oh we're going to canadian <laughs> there's a nationality we have an abuse <laughs> no. i joke Ever? no no let's get to it um it isn't it? It's like a. Also, it's a beautiful color, like book. Yes, like a beigey. Yeah. Color, and then and then, yeah, it's like a sketch of a table for two. Table for two. I like the fish recipes for the on one the you love. It looks so happy. Yeah, I mean, it's even dead. though it's dead and cooked <laughs> and covered in lemons. <laughs> I mean, that's how I'd like. Oh, and then on the back, it's the empty table. Yes. I hadn't even noticed that. Oh, Brie. Brie, you babe. You're a big old You're, babe. You are a babe. <laughs> you are a babe. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, it is a collection of recipes, this book. Yeah. <laughs> Famously. Uh, <laughs> going- we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Going where no cookbook has gone before. <laughs> um, shall I tell you a little bit about Brie Graham? Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, so she is a <laughs> very international uh, writer. Yes. But she was born in Sydney in Australia, mm-hmm. but grew up in Singapore. Wow. And then came to England, to London, yep. uh, for university and has been here ever since. Ah. Um, I don't know why <laughs> you would come. But, you know, she loves it. I mean, so that's, that's what you know, I do. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, big old smelly on London, London too, isn't but... it? It just captures <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's it. You just can't leave. Yeah. Um I mean, you did. So she but. has a... <laughs> I did. And I, 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 you know, kind of regret it every day. Um <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I regret it too. I'm no, uh, 
um, she so she spent her yeah childhood in Singapore, but she would come back to Sydney for summer. So if she has like a very you know she I think she would class herself as Australian from what I've right. read. Uh, but yeah, incredibly well traveled. But I think that that is the basis. Well, for a lot of the stuff in this book, in terms of her, her writing and her explanations for why she's written the book mm-hmm. and why she's written it, you know, it's it's collection of recipes for two people. Yeah, like not necessarily your romantic partner, but it can be for two just people that you love, another person that you. Off, which is really lovely um <clears throat> i also read in, in a interview with her that her dad is northern irish from belfast oh yeah i saw her saying that her her most proud career moment was signing books in a bookshop in belfast with her dad oh that's so uh, lovely and that's where yeah isn't it where <clears throat> he grew up she um has a box tea recipe in here actually doesn't she and she talks about like um cafe run by irish people that she used to go to in yes. london but it shut down in 2020 i thought that was nice yeah there's a lot of lovely stories in this book i think about her uh she lived in clerkenwell and you know all the little restaurants and stuff she would go to yeah like historically i always think you're way better than me at like just reading the foreword and like reading the description mm. of the recipes and stuff but this i really just enjoyed just like I just lay on my bed and just like leafed through it and read all the like little mm. stories. Aww. I just I really really like the way she writes. It's really beautiful. She's a beautiful writer. Yeah. Like I also felt very like moved. Yeah. By her writing it's, and her her stories. Yeah, I love it. But I think it seems as though. Well, again, I, I can't back this up for anything from her, but I think that maybe she's a writer first and a kind of recipe developer or writer second because she's also she she's an editor, the lifestyle editor for Courier magazine. Right, yeah. Um, she's done travel writing. She's edited for other magazines. She's written lots of stuff uh, online and generally is just an all-round talented babe, gal literary babe yeah. yeah she is i feel like she, she does supper clubs oh, i want to go to one she for me the way she writes is almost a bit like nigella like in in some ways the way mm-hmm. it kind of is very atmospheric and yeah yes. evocative but without the kind of ridiculous thesaurus.com kind of like synonym you know the yes, words where sensual, you're, yeah you're like, like chill out yeah. nigella something can also just be nice but you know i think it's just yeah it's it's a beautiful writing style. I think it's a real joy to read. Yeah, she she's amazing. And also just to note, uh, so it is September, mm-hmm. and uh, if you should go and follow Brie Graham on Instagram, everyone, because her feed is absolutely beautiful, and she um, she just posts absolutely gorgeous photos of her like food and just like <clears throat> she talks a little bit about this in the preamble to this book about how she like you should romanticize your life and you should just be, you know, grateful for the little moments. I feel like her Instagram like perfectly captures that, like just pictures of her breakfast with perfect um, sunlight. But all this to say, she uh, went on holiday on Friday this past week to Marrakesh, which is in Morocco. And then hours after she got there, this absolutely horrendous Earthquake. earthquake, which has killed thousands of people, uh, hit 
and she is still out there as we're recording and and she's stayed she can't get home until next week she was saying on instagram and so she's staying to like help and do whatever she can to like help out and um yeah i just think that's amazing it's amazing like uh, i saw her story when she arrived in marrakesh like oh i'm in heaven this is the greatest thing ever then literally two hours later she was just like letting people know that she was okay it was like a almost seven um degree what do you call it don't know scale anyway it was was a big old earthquake um (laughs) so you know that's another another... (laughs) oh wait (laughs) you do sorry we're not don't um yeah so basically she's just um amazing and she talks a lot in her in the book but also a lot of the like interviews i read with her uh i didn't read them with her but the interviews were with her and i read them whilst i was on my own um (laughs) saying that she because she moved around so much spend your time with her hey want to cuddle up and read a lot of chefs (laughs) that would like (laughs) to sit and read interviews with uh them together anyway but i don't think she's one of them yeah she talks about feeling homesick all the time like for somewhere else all the time because if she was in singapore she'd miss sydney and she talks about going back to sydney in the summer and and eating things that she couldn't get in singapore like sausage rolls and salt and vinegar crisps yeah things like that and then i guess the, the same the other way around and now she's in london i guess and there's lots of things that you can't get mm. uh and so she just talks about like that constant kind of movement which i feel like when i was reading i was like i actually thought about you because you've moved around a lot mm-hmm. right like to different places and that, that whole and obviously you're living in an in- entirely different country right now yeah to where you're from but that's everyone right that's ever moved from anywhere is you you have food associations with different places mm. like when i go see my sister in seville and i really want like the tomato on toast for breakfast with like mm. the really good olive oil and yeah you go home and you want like proper potato crisps and <laughs> not yeah. those posture ones <laughs> that you can buy in the supermarket <laughs> i have those in my cupboard right now yeah, they're i love good, them they're good. might be obsessed with them like they are really good yeah, aren't they? The cheese and onion ones. Are they all cheese and onion? you can get salt and vinegar too and sometimes you can get smoky oh. bacon i think they used to do prawn oh. cocktail but i never see them anymore Irish uh, listeners, let us know. I've been gone too long. <laughs> Tato PR, send us some packages. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so I think, and then, so yeah, in the preamble to this book, Table for Two, she talks about how she, it's, it's really like, it's beautiful, but it's also kind of sad how like, because of this homesick feeling, she was like constantly like craving and looking for love not necessarily romantic love, but also like friendships yeah. and, you know, a place to belong, I guess, which Aww. is a lot of, I think, of people, people feel that way if they've moved around a lot, I think, and they're just looking for community. And and then she she found it, I guess, eventually, um, you know, in, in food and in cooking for people. And she lives with her uh, boyfriend now and her, she has a cat, mm-hmm. uh, which we love. And... Yeah, I think she she just talks about, yeah, like I said, romanticizing your life. And I really like this sentence. I'm going to say it because, um, like I said, it's really lovely writing. Uh, at the end of the, like, uh, you know, prologue to this book, she says, fight for to... Ugh. 
Retake. Fight for delight in all you eat and with everyone you love. Aww. It's like, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she gives me warm, she's warm, great. fuzzy feelings. She says, in, I'd like her to write me like a letter or something. I mean, we can ask her to. She might not comply, <laughs> but we could, we could give it a go. Like a, like a pen pal. <laughs> and then you can sit there and read it together when you meet. <laughs> Maybe she'll sign a picture of herself for me. <laughs> and, like, you know, like you used to send off for, yeah. like, Boyzone or something. <laughs> I didn't do that, obviously. No, but, me neither. Definitely um, not with five. Um, <laughs> she says in the back that she... I feel like we need a five alarm. Hey, <laughs> I don't five quite a lot. Because they were my favourite boy bands growing yeah, up. They were very talented. Like... Underrated, almost. Almost. <laughs> she says in the back that that um, the book is a love letter to the four people she loves to cook for the most. And she says her best friend, her boyfriend and her mum and dad, which I thought was cute because she, yeah, like you said, it's not always romantic love that she's talking about. She talks mm. about like, you know, cooking breakfast for your mate who's just gone through a breakup or something. And yeah. um, I just think that's really nice. Ah. Oh. I like it. There's a whole breakfast section, right? And I love that as well. Yes. You know. More breakfast sections in books, please. I never yeah, actually please. make them for breakfast, but um, I, as we know, I like breakfast for dinner. The brown butter and sage scrambled eggs spoke to me. Yes. Whipped ricotta toast. Bertram muesli. That's great. Oh, oh also she had like... Um, transform your table section which i thought was cute yes and she had like the tablecloth the flowers the candle the cutlery the plate and the platters and the music which and then she writes a little bit about each which i thought was really really nice and inspired me to run out and get a little paper tablecloth from my garden (laughs) table yesterday i love that yeah she also has a like a strawberry is fine section love that and when she talks about puff pastry and frozen croissants if you just yeah you know you if you're hung over as fuck and you just want to you know do the bare minimum and like i i love that like I, yeah more of that as well yeah in books it was inspired by Ina garten wasn't it that section mm. where, yeah i thought that was great and she, yeah she tells you how to like that roasting a chicken is a lovely thing to do, but a supermarket roast chicken is like the best thing ever as well. Just, yeah, yes. it's great. And yeah, the genius, I thought that was a really smart tip. She says to buy a ready-made lemon tart to top it with fresh raspberries. If you're feeling fancy to pipe some raspberry mm. jam into each of the raspberries or like use it to spell something out for someone's birthday. I thought that was a great tip. Yeah, she, that's great. Also, I like what I like about this book is the menus so yes. it's in it's based it's in two sections, right? Yeah. So there's like easy to impress, which is the first section. Yeah. And so that's kind of easier stuff, quicker stuff, like but still really lovely. Yes. Like looks looks and prob and you know, definitely tastes amazing. Um, but it's like easy and quick. Whereas the second section is called Just to Delight, which is the more kind of involved, impressive, like, you know, you're trying to impress someone. Yeah. Uh things. But within each of those sections, there's the, when the pages go like a pinky orange color that means oh. that it's like her menu so she set it up for certain situations and she's just like cook these things together and I just I like that because it just it tells you what to do and it like it puts things together yes. for you and it it just makes it easier yeah to 
think when you're when if you're already cooking for someone or doing a party or whatever like okay I can do all these together they'll all fit together the taste will be nice yeah. and it'll be enough food and blah 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 yeah it's so true because yeah like I said when I was um gonna cook this weekend I was like oh god I just can't I didn't have the imagination to put things together again that I wanted to like pre-make and it was just mm. but one of the sections was like very inspiring on that front so yeah I really like that touch too yeah which we always say this about menus right we love it yeah we love them when they're together but in this book particularly and what is a little bit different is that they're they're written together yes so she'll she'll introduce the menu say when it's good for how long it might take all that kind of stuff and then the the three or four recipes will all be you know together so you've only you've only got you know turn the page once yeah not like in some books where they put it at the back and it's an afterthought yeah so you have to keep flicking through it it was just a nice nice idea reminds me of um diana henry how to eat a peach she does that yes yeah um yeah. Oh, babe. Yeah. Babes all round. Loves it, babes. Love them. So it came out this year, so 2023, earlier this year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I know, it's been a great success. Like, I, I've seen it everywhere. Um, and she's done a lot of press around it. And uh, it's, it's great. And it's had a lot of good reviews. And it's going to get reviewed by us, which is obviously the most important review to have. Always. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, I think, like I said, I think you should all go follow her on Instagram because she's great. And like, puts these, like this last week, she was talking about, because there's a drinks page yes, in here, isn't that. there? Yeah, and on her Instagram, she was saying she had all this like stone fruit and she has a Bellini recipe in there. And she was saying she cuts it all up when she has it left at the end of the summer, ready to freeze to use for like putting in Bellini's, you know, during the winter or putting it on top of some kind of cake or something, like just using it. And I was like, you're smart. You're a smart cookie. Yes. Yeah, she is Because who doesn't want summer peaches in December for their Bellinis? <laughs> no, not me. Where me? I don't know. <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> me? How many double negatives? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm talking too much and I'd like to know what you made. <laughs> Never talking too much. We can, I, I feel like this is um, this is a book you could talk about for a while. Um, yes. What did I make? And it's a, a book that I feel like both of us are going to be like, I was going to cook this, I was going to cook this, mm. I was going to cook this. Um, but yeah, go on. What did you make? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to come back to this one. Um, so I made three things for mm-hmm. uh yesterday so it was actually four people present so I doubled <gasps> everything cheater I know cheater it was yeah it was a table for oh, Hannah has m- more than one person she loves <laughs> it was three people I love well one of them I haven't yeah. told them not to yet but anyway um <laughs> we uh soft launch then uh, no Stuffed um, fried olives, Victoria. That's a, the first thing that I made. Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this particular little menu, it was a summer sunset dinner. 
I did. I only made the olives from it, but I loved the idea of the whole menu. It was stuffed fried olives, courgette and lemon risotto, peach pistachio and mozzarella salad. You blitz up pistachios to this dressing. Oh, genius. And then this intensely apricot and amaretti ice cream. And I was like, oh, this is so great. I would make all of that. But I kind of, uh, you needed courgette flowers for the risotto. And like I said, I didn't want to be standing at the hob, so I didn't make it. But I just thought that was such a perfect little entertaining menu. So the stuffed fried olives, I pre-made these the night before. I've always wanted to try fried olives and I don't think I have ever tasted them before. Um, And these are stuffed with a gorgonzola and um, chopped parsley. Did you make these? Yes. Oh my God, I can tell. I was like, why is she looking at me like that? I was like, like, what am I going to say? But yeah, I also made these. Oh my God, I can tell by your face. Oh, this is exciting. Because I can't wait to see what you thought of them because, yeah. Okay, so for the listeners, these are green olives, large green olives pitted, stuffed with a gorgonzola, chopped parsley, even though it says rosemary in the body of the text and I got really confused. And then you you coat them in flour, egg, panko breadcrumbs, and then you fry them in a flavorless oil. So I did that the night before. I, I prepped them all the night before, stuffed them with the cheese and the herby cheese and like coated them in the breadcrumbs. And then I just put them in the fridge and then I just fried them off when people got here. Oh, I know. I'm just that kind of host, you know. Um, and I couldn't, oh, my Sainsbury's so shit sometimes. I couldn't get panko breadcrumbs, but I got these like chili breadcrumbs smoked chili breadcrumbs that are quite like chunky did you get them too oh my god so I have those breadcrumbs and I thought I had panko breadcrumbs and I got my packet of panko down and there was none in there but I have those exact breadcrumbs from Sainsbury's from something else I cooked so I just used those as well those exact ones those smoky chili ones that is so funny um I really like these. Did you, did like, I thought they were delicious. I loved them. Like I ate them all myself. <laughs> uh, like the recipe makes 12. Yeah. And I was home alone last week Well, with Marcus, but he was sleeping. Um, and I'm not sure that he was a big olive fan, is he? He, he? he does love olives, Seriously? actually. He really likes That's them. Impressive. Yeah, he's got a very um, sophisticated palate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, my husband doesn't like olives. But that's, you know, he wasn't here, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I scoffed at them. So there, you you fry them and then you serve them with a bit of lemon and, you know, sprinkle them with salt, yes. right? Um, yeah, I thought they were such a great snack with drinks, right? Like a beer snack or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. Again, with the perfect, like, salty, creamy, yeah. herby, crispy. Like, it's everything you want. Delicious. I thought the Gorgonzola would be more overpowering um because one mm. of the people didn't love blue cheese but actually it depend. it kind of depended on which one you which one of the olives you got and I yes. guess it depends on what your olives are like right and how much like real estate there is there in the middle to, to yeah yeah kind yeah of put the gorgonzola in but I thought they were so delicious and like they worked really well to pre-make like that and just fry them off probably better right because yeah. your, your cheese has got gone hard and in the middle yeah delicious um oh love them would absolutely make them again and i don't love blue cheese well yeah. cheese generally 
but I was like, these just look too good. Oh. And spoiler alert, I did make the courgette and lemon risotto. So I did half of this. I did half of the recipe, oh, but I'm half pleased. of this menu. Oh, that's good though. Um, I couldn't find courgette flowers though, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but I just, I was so like you, like enamored with this like menu. Yes. For like a, what is it called? A, a sunset, a Sun- summer sunset dinner. Yeah. Um, I couldn't not make them. So I was like, fuck it, I'll get the gorgonzola. Uh, and I loved it. Yeah, I actually thought it was kind of enhanced by the ch- smoked chili and the breadcrumb because it was like, mm. yeah, it was like crunchy, spicy, creamy. Oh, oh yeah. my God. And you could play around with that loads, right? Like you could try a different cheese. Or you totally could, yeah. Put like maybe anchovy a little bit in the middle or something if you wanted. Um, different herbs. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought you could even put like a, I know you don't like it, but like a dill would like be a good little punchy. Yeah. Uh, something Stinky something. little addition. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're great. Love them very much. Yay. I also, I, lo- I love them so much. But you know what, I... We don't talk about what we make before the pod, Mm-mm. but I texted Hannah whilst I was eating those, being like, oh my God, this brew bread oh, stuff is so good. Is that what you were eating? That was when I, yeah, that was what I was like crunching down on while I was finishing the risotto anyway. Yeah, I think it's a good sign though, like, because we don't, yeah, we don't tell each other what we make, but we, I think we can always tell when the other one is like really excited about a book because we just mm. can't help but like, because we talk about food all the time <laughs> and then we were like, oh my yeah. God, this book. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so then the second thing I made was the tomato salad with garlic and almond dressing. Ooh. Um, I made, like, a tart. Oh, I saw that. So, uh, for, oh. like, a, a classic, like, Hannah's entertaining, I always make, like, a tart. So I was just like, but it's just such an easy thing to prep. So that was, like, my main bit. I did the olives to start. Then I did, like, this tart and some, like, potato salad. <laughs> potato salad. And then oh. these this tomato salad with garlic and almond dressing. So it's... um. The dressing is inspired by the the cold Spanish soup that's called ajo blanco, which is like garlic and Mm. almond and bread and stuff. Um, So you make that dressing first and you like you get a slice of white bread and you take off the crust and you soak it in milk. And then Uh you blitz that up with blanched almonds that you've toasted a little bit in the pan, garlic, plenty of olive oil, sea salt and some white wine vinegar. Mm. um and it was quite uh it was quite liquid it was quite like I would say yeah somewhere between she says it's between a dressing and a dip which I think is right um I actually thought it was like a little bit too runny and I thought maybe because I'd doubled the recipe like something hadn't quite worked out so I just soaked and Mm. when it was all blitzed up I soaked another slice of bread in the dressing and then re-blitzed it all again and I felt like the texture was a bit better um and then you just yeah, you kind of sh- smear that on a plate and then you arrange um, ripe tomatoes, our favourite thing. Um, of course. Over the dressing and you sprinkle over some tarragon, mint, um, half a red onion and loads of black pepper and you serve it up. Oh, that sounds so good. It was delicious. It was really interesting. Was it? It's quite like, yeah. it's vinegary, it's garlicky. It's got the almondy kind of flavour. It's creamy. It's like, yeah, it's not... It's not like many things I've tasted before. Yeah, um, I was going to say almonds and tomatoes aren't something that I would put together. Yeah. Generally. It was really nice, especially on like a, a really hot day like that, right? It's, it was just mm. really refreshing. And then the red onion kind of lifts it all. So I really, really like that too. Um, that was delicious. And olive oily. Yeah, it was just yum. Um, 
And I like anything like that where you kind of have the dress, you know, the it's like vegetables over like a sauce on the base. Uh, I yes. think that's just always yeah. so impressive. And when you're like spooning it out into your plate, you're like, oh, what's this underneath here? Hello. Um, yes. So that was great. And then the third thing oh. I made was the apple pie a la mode. Ooh. Now, a la mode means oh. that you like scoop vanilla ice cream like on top of the pie when you serve mm-hmm. it which I didn't do because it was bloody hot so I just like sliced it up for everyone and gave them a scoop of ice cream and I did salted caramel ice cream which was really nice of it but yeah. this is great and again I pre-made it pre-made the pastry the night before and the apples the night before and then really early before it got hot I brought it all together put it in the fridge like ready to be put in the oven and then mm. just like after we'd had like our main course, like popped it in the oven so that it was like freshly baked for dessert, mm. um, which was really nice. So you make like a pastry with plain flour, icing sugar, cold butter, sour cream and egg. Um, and that comes together really nicely. You yeah do the dry first, then you add in the butter and then the sour cream at the end and you kind of bring it all together and then just chill it for a while. But it was a nice, mm. like sturdy pastry. And then you make these caramel apples. So you um, make a caramel with sugar water uh, in a pan. And then when it gets a nice, like, deep brown, you pour in some cream, turn the heat down. You add in salt, nutmeg, cinnamon, corn flour, lemon zest. So it's this delicious aromatic caramel. Um, And then you put your apples in and you coat the apples in this caramel. It just looks so nice and it smells delicious. And you just simmer them for like 10 minutes until they're a bit cooked on the outside, but they're still holding their shape. Mm. Um, And then you chill those in the fridge as well. And then you roll out your pastry and you put your apples on top, excuse me. And then you just kind of fold up the sides to make like a galette kind of thing. Yes. That's really rustic. Yeah, the picture, it looks like a galette, yeah. right? Like more so than a p- proper pie. pie, like you would imagine an apple pie to look like. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, when you're ready to bake it, you like just uh, brush it with egg, the, the kind of pastry that you can see and sprinkle some sugar over and you bake it for like 45 minutes until um, it's all golden and delicious. And it was really nice and it really held its Ooh. shape very well. It had like, a, yeah, such a depth of flavour from that caramel and like pre-cooking the apples a bit. Because sometimes I don't love when mm. like an apple tart is just like just apples and, it, you know, like a bit yes. of sugar. Yeah, like yeah. There, was, there was more going on. And it was really nice with the ice cream, just delicious, like freshly baked. And I doubled this recipe as well to make like a bigger galette. And it was just so easy to do that because it's free form. You don't have to worry about like what tin you're using yeah. or anything. But I imagine that the 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 quantities that she has here make like such a cute little galette, like for two yes. people. Like I think that would just be great. Oh. But it was... um The sweet lovely it like looks great like some of the other sweet stuff delicious um like the mango cloud cake yes, did you see that that was my I was, looked so good yeah. yeah I was gonna make that that was my other contender for dessert um and there's like a banana split that she doesn't hear that looks great yeah oh, I really like this book we love you Brit. yeah I really like this book and that uh, oh that uh, also that apple cake pie I think yes. I believe it's called um uh it's just versatile right yeah. you make it 
you make it from now until Christmas. There's a lovely, like, warming autumnal dessert or, like, you know, because apples are always around. Yes, It's not exactly. like peaches or mangoes. Like, you can get them. I'm Obviously, you can get mangoes all year round, but they're not very nice. Um, yeah, I love... I love... I, oh, she's great. She is great. So, the apple pie was from the just to delight section so the more complicated section yes the olives are from the less complicated section and the salad is from the less complicated section i think i didn't notice the color changes because i'm less observant than you no the color changes are just for the menus oh oh the but, i uh, mean the, the division oh, yeah. yeah no i think the division oh god who knows? Is it? I feel like it's not. I feel like it's in the... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just, you know, just letting letting the people know. Letting the listeners know. It's... Whoa. Letting the listeners know. Yeah, no, it's the it's in the Just to Delight section. Sorry, part two. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, great. And how was it received by your guests? Your lovely, loved guests? <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Very well. They liked everything, I think. Um, nice. So, yeah. Was, Even with the um, distraction of dog running around. Thankfully, we had caught him by that point, <laughs> and he was um, just howling down at us from the window where he could see us eating in the garden. Honestly, a joy of a he's dog. He's been grounded. Oh, my God. Look at him. He's, he's lying here on my bed like butter wouldn't melt, having a great old time. Nightmare. Nightmare. Being a, Nightmare. Being a dog mum. It's no joke. Um, what did you <laughs> it cook, isn't. my friend? <laughs> So I also made three things whoop, whoop, because this is a book that demands it, frankly. Yeah. And I could have, I wanted to make four. I had the stuff for a fourth, but I just haven't had the time to do it. Um, so I made the fried stuffed olives. We talked about that. Yeah. They were great. Would make them again. Um, I just, I just couldn't resist them when I saw the little picture mm-hmm. and recipe. And so then I made the courgette and lemon risotto which, like Hannah said, is a part of this... Yes, menu. ...summer menu. Um, so I just made the first two things. And it's lovely, lovely little risotto. Really? So it's very... Um, like I said, yeah, like you said, you need courgette flowers. I couldn't get them, mm-hmm. but I was committed to it. And I was like, I'll just... It'll be fine yeah. without them. Like, they're lovely. And I'm sure if I really looked... I could find some, yeah. but um, I'm sure it'd be fine without them. But, you know, anyway. So you chop an onion, cook that down in some olive oil until it's kind of, you know, transparent, you know, as you do with onion. <laughs> and then you add like sliced courgette. So she right. says one. I use like one and a half because I wasn't doing the flowers and also yes. they're a little bit small. Um, you then cook that down for a bit till it's kind of soft. You add uh, some garlic. I think it's quite a lot of garlic. Oh, no, two garlic cloves um, until... Oh, you add the garlic and then you add the rice. Oh, your, yes. Um, risotto rice. It's about 250 grams until it's all kind of... Everything's like coated. Yeah. As you do. And then you add 120 mils of wine, white wine, dry white wine to the to, the, to it all. Yes. And you... 
mix that until it's combined. And then, sorry, I I should have said, but before she gets you to like heat up 700 mils of uh, veggie or chicken stock. Nice, yeah. You choose. Um, I did veggie. And so that's like hot for when you need it. Half for when you need it. Um, <laughs> stuck. So then you just, it's like classic risotto. You add your stock in, ladle at a time uh, until it's completely um, absorbed. absorbed. Like each ladle is absorbed. So you're stirring, stirring, stirring. Um, that, she says that should take about 20 minutes until uh, the rice is cooked, but with a bit of a bite. Mm-hmm. And then you um, take it off the heat. Right. You add... Uh, lemon zest, mm-hmm. whole lemon, lemon zest, mint. Nice. So like a, t- a tablespoon of chopped mint, uh, 25 grams of parmesan on your courgette flowers. Lovely. I didn't have, but I did add some um, like spring onions at this for just a little bit of like texture. Nice. Um, not quite the same, but I just thought, you know, we've got the, we've got the lemon, bit of a zing, yeah. bit of a crunch. Um, and then you add a bit of butter she say like um a tablespoon of unsalted butter you mix those in and then you put the lid on you leave it for five minutes oh to like incorporate get to know each other flavors yeah mingle <laughs> i believe is the uh, <laughs> the verb that she uses but she does also say leave it for five minutes meanwhile make the peach and mozzarella salad yes. so that's like giving you time to like go go away and do the pistachio mozzarella salad um genius it was lovely. Yeah. It, it was, it's so summery, like, because the courgettes are good at the moment, obviously the lemon. It, and it's so um, delicate yeah. after, like, those olives where you've got the like, really punchy flavours. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it was it was lovely. And I ate it for, like I said, I was home alone, so I ate it for for lunch the next day and it was as good, maybe even better, um, with, you know, little bit of extra cheese in there like even I put a little bit of it no, it's not too much parma because yeah. that can be a problem also for me like too much parmesan all you taste is parmesan yes um that's not my thing yeah but yeah I love it I bet it's not like authentic either to have heaps of parmesan in there, right? Like it's probably yeah. just meant to be like a flavor enhancer. If you're putting yeah. lots of parmesan in, it's probably because there's not much else going on. But I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I love parmesan. But um, that sounds great. And the mint is not yeah. courgette mint. Oh, and lemon, delicious. Yeah. yeah, how could you go wrong? Exactly. It's so nice, and I'm sure that the courgette flowers are lovely but I don't I don't know even if that's even just more about the color like once yeah. you, you've served it because it's quite like a one it's quite beigey dish because obviously you've got courgettes but it's only the skin of those that's green and then it's just rice really and, and lemon yeah um is there a picture of that so one? yeah so on the the front page of that menu oh she has everything together yeah she has everything well apart from the ice cream um, so yeah, I think it just has that those like orangey yes, okay shoes to it. All her. F- so I did wonder whether you could put Guam. I was just going to say all her photography is just so beautiful as well, <sighs> isn't it? She loves an yeah. overhead shot. Yeah, <laughs> she loves a flat lay. <laughs> like it's fair. Like everyone is that. Yeah. Like on a lovely, you know, um, tablecloth. Yeah. Crumbs on the side. Some- but it works. It does. There's the occasional. Alice and Roman style red manicure like dunking into something <laughs> yeah. but I like it yeah I mean yeah and it all looks like 
eaten. Like it, it looks like lived in yes. and eaten. And I like real. that for real. It's I like that. So but then real. there's like these little bits of you know uh, cartoons as well. But yeah, she absolutely loves a flat leg, <laughs> and I you can't, I can't. No, nope. we're not judging. I can't be mad about it because uh, it all, it's all beautiful, and it made me want to live her life. Make it. <laughs> Yes. I want to live her life. Be a friend. Um, Brie, yeah, our so the, friend. I didn't like the salad. Brie, our friend. Oh, my God. Brie, our guest. Brie, our guest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the rest of the words of that song, but you get the idea. Um, Intensely apricot and amaretti ice cream does sound nice. That's like the dessert for this summer menu. But Yeah. Um, and not too... I'm not going to make... It doesn't, make, it doesn't require an ice cream maker, which I thought was great. I was no. quite tempted to make that, actually. Yeah. Oh, delicious. And then what was your third thing? So my third thing, I actually thought about making the box tea, but I wondered if you would make it. I don't know if you had any kind of uh, feelings about box tea, but I I, uh, I thought that I do. I, I've never eaten it. So I was like, I feel like I wouldn't know how to say, like not how to say, but if I could say it. Uh, saying that, what the, the, the third thing I made was lacquers. Ah! Uh, the lacquers with smoked salmon and dill. Nice. And... I don't think I've ever eaten a latke from a you know authentic Jewish restaurant or like no, you know, me neither. I don't really know what they're supposed to taste like, but these were great. They're, they're kind of like I love that kind of rusty vibes. Is that what they? Yes, yeah, exactly. Like a kind of like a hash brown, like an American style hash brown. Yes. Um, I found that hers are incredibly like crunchy, right? And I like that. I like that. Um, that crispiness yeah but if you're not into that maybe this you just cook them for a bit less time um these were really really easy but they looked very impressive nice so it's 500 grams of potatoes she suggests maris piper uh you peel and then coarsely grate them and then you put in a tea tail tail a tea tail <laughs> stop telling tea tail i'm a tea tailor <laughs> tea tails by the tea towel <laughs> um in a tea towel and squeeze the shit out of it basically until nice. there that was verbatim is that the quote <laughs> yeah 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 i think she does say uh to squeeze like mad so you know similar nice yeah you know in a thesaurus squeeze the shit out of it for as long as possible to get as much of the water out yeah as possible uh and then she says like when you think it's all out leave them for a minute and squeeze it one last time so i did that and then whilst i was leaving it for a minute you make like uh the stuff that's going in with the potato so in a mixing bowl you add an egg white yeah two teaspoons of corn flour and some black pepper nice and then you you um you mix it until foamy, which I like. Oh. I like that description yeah. of how to get it uh, right. That you do put some salt on the potato before you right um wring it out. <laughs> um, and then you once it, you know your potato, <clears throat> once your potatoes are as dry as possible, you put your your potatoes into the bowl and mix, mix, mix. She has to use two forks and like fluff them. So that they're as like covered as possible. Yeah. Fluff, 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 fluff. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> you know, just bringing you in the moment with me. Yes. Um, oh, your fluffy little moment. So then you heat up your, <laughs> you, you heat up your 
oil and butter she has together to fry them in. Right. Uh, and it's a tablespoon of salted butter and some three tablespoons of flavorless oil. I probably had a little bit more than that because I used the oil that I used for my olives. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not thrifty waste oil. Yeah. Um, and then just before you're about to fry, when your oil and butter is ready, you add one more teaspoon of corn flour to the top of the potatoes and fluff again with your fork. I just, dear lovely <laughs> listeners, I wish you could see the hand movements that Victoria is doing right now. She's, she's, I'm fluffing. She's, it's like I'm churning butter. Yeah. But how how often have you churned potatoes. butter in your life? <laughs> You've got no, I, I have never, but I have, I have seen people on TikTok doing it. So I feel like it's the same. <laughs> TikTok is like a world of education <laughs> and misinformation. Um, yes. Well, that was, that was deep. Well done. <laughs> well, I can't be all laughed a minute, you know, I have to. <laughs> have to bring some seriousness uh, to the situation <laughs> um so when you fluffed you um mm-hmm. you put walnut size blobs of your potato mixture into the pan and then you fry them on f- for four minutes Each either side, side. Okay. that's quite a long time yeah. for a walnut yeah shape sized piece and she says to do only do three or four in the pan at, the, at a time yeah. because you don't know overcrowd your pan and then she does say at the beginning to heat the oven to like a low like a 160 to so you can put each batch in the oven to keep them warm I didn't do that because I was like I'll just put them in the the air fryer if I need to keep them warm yeah um but you put them on some kitchen towel finish them off this recipe gets about 12 and I got about that right and then you top them with uh some sour cream and some smoked salmon each one sour cream and so they're nice little bites of deliciousness nice. and then dill and some lemon and yeah super crispy some of the ones i did in the beginning were probably done a li- i got a bit nervous about them getting too done overdone yeah. so they were a bit lighter and it just i guess it's just a personal preference thing yeah or you know maybe i'm absolutely you know hammering down on the lacquer <laughs> army somewhere because I don't know actually what they're supposed to be like but um how deep I like is your lacquer how deep how deep is your lacquer I'd like a pound for every time we've sung that song <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> how deep um and you know they just they feel fancy you know we mm. had them for lunch nice um, yeah I was, I was less alone by this point and um <laughs> I mean you were cooking Marcus joined in and had like just just one on its own without the smoked salmon and he liked it oh I mean you are cooking he for the one you love if it's just you on your own as well you know self-love is important <laughs> well yeah. um in your niche bush so yeah um, love them <laughs> would make them again uh on potatoes as well. She is like a twice baked potato recipe. Do you see that one with like mackerel? Oh or yes, I would make those as well. I had those bookmarked, 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 and I would make those, but it was just too hot last week. Yeah, let's talk about what we wanted to make. Yeah, let's just talk about all the things we wanted to make. The nudie and toasted lemon thyme yes. butter. 
I was so yes. close to making those. Um, Me too. Because it's such a fun method as well. You like submerge them in semolina and then put them in the in the fridge. Um, I just thought that sounded really good. Uh, but again, heat put me off. Um, spinach yeah, cheese so and the, herb pie. What were you going to say? Yes, like a spanakopita. Yes. It, but simpler. Uh, twice baked potatoes with mackerel, mustard and herbs. I am bookmarking that one for when it's a bit colder because that sounds lush. Yeah. The uh, bitter leaves with blood orange and crispy crumbs. I was close ooh. to making. I love a crispy crumb. The picky, which is the pasta with roasted tomatoes, yes. olives and anchovies sounded great. And the artichoke and black pepper fettuccine. I was close to making that one, but I couldn't find artichokes. Oh, this country and its ingredients, honestly. It it what it's it's jarred artichokes though uh, because she says and you know, shout out to Brie for this. She says like, uh, it is a vegetable that requires a little patience, a dedicate uh, attention, and dedication to prepare. Uh, Did she listen patience to you? Is not a virtue. <laughs> yeah, I possess. Uh, so she only doesn't. Yeah, she cooks them from a jar. So I was like, she's you're my girl. Yeah, crispy potatoes with oregano, olives, and feta. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Box the tea. um, we talked about the ma- yeah the box tea. We talked about the mango cake, the cherry and apricot tart, <laughs> spiced rice pudding and gingery rhubarb. Yeah, bless you, Doug. Doug is sneezing in the background. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> oh my God, Doug, you're allergic to good manners. Um, after um, reading a lot of her interviews that I said I did. Um, she talks about that roast chicken all the time. So she makes it every week. And then the soup that she makes. Oh, the Sunday soup? Uh, with the, yes, with the, the carcass of the chicken. So I feel like that's going to go on my list. I did think about it, but I was like, I've made so many roast chickens for the pod. <laughs> I should branch out a little bit. Uh, and also it was effing hot. Yeah. Uh, so I... Oh, those Florence buns. Did you see those? Yes, they look good. They look so fun. Oh, it's just a great book. I would absolutely put it on your list if um, you like the good shit. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, aside from anything else, the portion control and like portion size yes. is great because there's just minimal waste, minimal leftovers. I mean, sometimes you want leftovers, but everything is like a perfect size for two people. Mm. And I know that's the kind of whole premise of the book, but I don't think we've talked yeah. about that loads. It's just great salted honey madeleines yes they sounded they great. sounded great yeah you texted me being like you're um, gonna love this madeleine bit of the book yeah um yeah basically we love it and uh Chartbury, who we also love and her flat lays yeah and if you can um all the little heart shaped cake thing the thousand layer heart with rhubarb and cardamom custard. Did you just say that? No, I didn't say that. That was the, oh. I was talking about the rhubarb rice pudding. She tells you to get like a mini cake tin at the start. She's yes. like, they're just like great thing to have. And I agree. I've got a really cute little one from like Aldi <laughs> or Little or something. Um, and they're brilliant for those kind of, yeah, smaller portions. Shall we rate? Let's rate her. Well, no, the book. Um, I mean the book. Yes. You definitely don't want it's like a boat. To breathe. <laughs> what? Well, how is it like a boat? You know, like you always have to call a boat a girl's name. 
the cookbooks are the same. You, they're called they're her. They're female gendered, right? Yeah, well, the best ones are. Um, <laughs> the, yes, if you haven't joined us before, we rate each book out of something specific to the book itself, or to the chef, or to the whatever the recipes, and we rate out of five criteria, and they are usability and accessibility. That's one. That's one. Aesthetics. How pretty is it? Uh, what's the third one? It, it, uh, is it veggie friendly? Veggie friendly. <laughs> ingredients, ingredients used. used. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, inspirability. <laughs> I told you I've forgotten you how to podcast. This before, Hannah. <laughs> I've forgotten, lads. My brain's all over the place. Um, and yeah, we change the rating for each chef. And for our book, because we're not rating the chef, we're rating the book. It's a her. <laughs> and for this one, we're rating out of flat lays. Flat lays. Every Michael photo. Flatley. Michael Flatley, Lord of the Dance. Um, he loves boxy, I'm sure. But every photo is a, is a masterclass in flat laying and natural light and yeah. food styling. So we thought we'd give that a little shout out. So, Vic, <laughs> which, you know, if you can remember the criteria, how many <laughs> are you giving this out of five flat lays? <laughs> Well, thanks to your um, clear explanation of <laughs> the criteria. So, uh, usability, wow. usability and accessibility, that's one. I'm giving it one Michael Flatley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I didn't find anything particularly hard. There's a lot of, like, yeah, simplicity in these recipes. They're yeah. also, um, I think you can tell that by it being like there's three or four sometimes three or four recipes to a page yes love that um ingredients used i'm i'm gonna give it one even though i couldn't find courgette flowers but i feel like i wouldn't really know where to find them anyway yeah i don't i didn't see anything else that i couldn't find um you need a bougie little market and not that's the only yeah, place like that a little farmer's them. market. Which is ridiculous because they're so plentiful, right? Like courgettes are like a really easy thing to grow, but then they sell the courgettes. Yeah. The courgettes themselves are so cheap in summer and then courgette flowers are like, I don't know, five pounds for two or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, who's to say I would have even bought them? Mm. Um, I'm going to come back to veggie friendly because I feel like we should have a discussion about it because oh. we haven't talked about it yet. And yes. I feel like I want to go off what you say because okay. you are the veggie amongst us yeah um me. aesthetics yeah well that's one love it inspirability like obviously we've just raved about it for an hour um so that's at least four michael flatley is out of four out of five <laughs> so shall we just have a quick discussion about veggie friendly because there is a lot of meat and fish in here yeah did you, do you feel like is. you struggled i didn't struggle though um to be honest it's the first time I've thought about it because I felt like I didn't struggle because there was so much mm. else I wanted to make. Um, and I kind of just, I mean, I've said before, I'm a bit of a shit veggie, but like, because it's such a joyful book to look at and to read, I'm kind of like, I don't mind reading about, you know, how you should have oysters with a champagne mignonette. Mm. And yeah, I was going to give it one for veggie friendliness because I didn't feel like it was um, prohibitively meat focused i thought it was mm. had a bit of everything great so i will also give it yeah. one so that's five flat lays out of five for table for two by brie graham for me Woo! how about you same same it has 
it has like Easter Belfridge Mezcla vibes <laughs> to me in terms of coming back to it. Um, yes. I, it's obviously, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit different because it's not as like hers is such a mix of cultures and things. And this is a bit mm. more kind of, yeah, straightforward, kind of Mediterranean, kind of Mediterranean-y. Um, but, <laughs> oh, smoked chili and vodka, rigatoni, yes. rigatoni. I was tempted to make that too. Um, yes. I just really, I think it's beautiful um, cover. I think it's beautifully written. There was loads in here. I haven't turned down so many pages in a cookbook for ages. And yeah, I, I just loved it. Really, really liked it. Well, also on ingredients, before we go, she does say that uh, at one point she's like, eat seasonally, change this these recipes around as you see fit. Like, yeah. I want, you know, I want you to mess around with them based on what you can get yeah. and what's in season rather than, you know, using shitty mangoes for the mango cake in January. Yeah, yeah, 100%. When, yeah. Yeah, and it, it feels like it's easy to do that, right? Like, I mean, everything yes. is just, yeah, it's just kind of, you can picture that mango and vanilla cream cloud cake with, yeah, I don't know, something like pears or pineapple or something I'm sure yes. would be equally as delicious, plums. Um, do you want me to name more fruit? Peach? <laughs> the beginning with a pea, please, yeah. <laughs> Yes, pineapple plums, peach. <laughs> oh my god! Just, just as a lesson in how bloody repetitive we are in this podcast. Sometimes <laughs> my sisters were talking about making pesto in our group chat, and my sister said she'd use almonds instead of pine nuts. And I was like, "Yeah, I mean, you should use any nut because pine nuts are so expensive." And then they all were like, "Hmm, where have we heard this before?" <laughs> I need to get some new material. We like to keep it fresh. Yeah. So they were like, it's the most expensive (laughs) of the peanuts. Um, Yeah, sorry. We'll we'll try to freshen up the material. We love you, sisters. Thanks for listening, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So carefully. (laughs) Um, And thank you for listening. (laughs) Just thanks for existing. Yeah, we'll pop you Vic's address in your dm so you can write her that love note that she so clearly desires a love note i said a letter oh a letter i didn't say, word, I didn't say a love letter i mean if that's if, that, if that's what you want to do brie then that's yeah, I would you have it. a complete artistic license to make this the content <laughs> of this letter. <laughs> um yeah right we love you and we'll be back in two weeks boop, boop. see you soon boop, boop. bye see you later bye Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the cookbook circle if you enjoyed it please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review as it helps others to find us and enjoy us you can see how the recipes from this episode turned out on our instagram at cookbook circle where you could also get in touch with us let us know your thoughts feedback ideas for episodes whatever you like we really love to hear from all of you so we'll see you next time bye, bye.